great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Rita Cosby. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. A lot to get to this hour, and we are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I start with this. City officials, city officials of New York City finally did something that I am very proud of. It was a step in the right direction. City officials crushed 92 just a few hours ago, dirt bikes with Mayor Adams saying he's determined to basically get rid of these menacing vehicles that are on the street and, more importantly, on the sidewalk. The police commissioner saying that these illegally uh, driven dirt bikes or ATVs, whatever you want to call them, I call them a nuisance on the public the police commissioner says they will be seized and destroyed. The NYPD has rounded up thus far 900 motorbikes that will be destroyed, and they started with 8292 just a few hours ago. Bravo to the city of New York. It has to stop. The dysfunction has to stop. Gang violence. Second story is being blamed in the Harlem shooting of Darius Lee, the 21-year-old college basketball player. And I have been stating for months. In fact, as recent as just last night, that stop, question, and frisk, stop, question, and frisk must come back as it relates to the NYPD. Listen to what some Harlem residents are saying. Stop and frisk again, you know what I mean? Because it seems like, okay, now they're putting a tracer on the uh, ghost guns. You know, hopefully that goes through. But, you know, some people really need to be stopped and frisked. Amen. Thank you, lady. Amen. Some people... If you caught, I I want you to listen to her one more time, one more time, and please listen carefully, if possible, to every word. Stop and frisk again, you know what I mean? Because it seems like, okay, now they're putting a tracer on the uh, ghost guns, you know, hopefully that goes through. But, you know, some people really need to be stopped and frisked. Some people really need to be stopped and frisked. Frist. So you did the uh, dirt bikes just a few hours ago. Next, and I, I don't know how this can happen, but with these gangbangers, put them in Rikers and leave them there for a little while. They can get their day in court, but put them on Rikers and leave them there for a little while. Send them through the system. Here is what the sister of Darius Lee had to say as it relates to the shooting. Innocent people, he's an innocent kid that's in school playing basketball. He cared about basketball. He decided to stay outside one day, and this is what happens. Oh, boy. Stay outside one day, and this is what happens. I want you to listen to his dad about his athletic ability, and then his coach in the school, from the school in Houston, Texas. When he played, he played. The last game I saw him play, 
He scored 55 points. 55 points, and this is what his coach in Houston has to say. Uh, he was our, our university's uh, male athlete of the year this year. I mean, that's how highly he was thought of on our campus. And now he's gone. Story number three we're going to focus on, and we're going to start with your phone calls, folks, in just a second. As it relates to the January 6th uh, committee hearing held a few hours ago, Georgia election workers described how there's nowhere they feel safe. Very compelling testimony. It was very compelling testimony. As far as I'm concerned, it's been the best testimony thus far. And the workers testified how President Trump upended their lives, upended their lives. And basically part of the day was on the issue of President Trump's uh, alleged direct and personal role in bullying election workers to overturn the 2020 results. Folks, President Trump was wrong in that regard. One of the ladies said, and I'm quoting here, be glad, she was told, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920. That a reference to lynching. Here is what one of the workers had to say a few hours ago at the hearing. And those horrible things that they include threats? Yes, a, a lot of threats, um, wishing death upon me, um, telling me that, you know, I'm, I'll be in jail with my mother and saying things like, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920. That's, yeah. were, were a lot of these threats and, and vile comments racist in nature? A lot of them were racist. A lot of them were just hateful. Um, but yes, sir. On this one, on this one, President Trump was wrong. He was wrong. There's no other way to, to put it. And uh, the fourth story that I'm going to deal with this morning, I uh, have been to those of you that listen to the program, you know that I've been uh, on the fence as it relates to blame in Uvalde, Texas. I said I wanted to hear the facts. A few hours ago, I heard the facts. And it wasn't the police officers at fault. They go on command. It was the commanding officer that greatly dropped the ball, Pete Arredondo, in which, and I'm going to let you hear what the Texas uh, director of the Department of Public Safety had to say. I'm going to let you hear his whole statement. It's about a minute and a half because it's very important. But let's start with the uh, telephone calls this morning. Let's go to Frank on Staten Island. Good morning, Frank, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Okay, so how you doing? Good evening good, and good morning. Good morning. All right, so, to, yeah, right, so I guess I'll talk about the, the so the police are seizing these motorbikes that make a lot of noise, and um, probably they're probably meant for, for like a dirt terrain rather than uh, the street. They shouldn't yes. be on the street. Yes. Well, somebody paid for those. That, that somebody owns that. You don't just take somebody's property uh, away from them and then and then you actually destroy it. You don't do that. It's somebody's property. They paid for those bikes, and now they're, they're, they're taken away like this, but from the police. Okay, I mean, so, Frank, you, so Frank. So Frank. You don't do Frank, that. Frank, 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 hold on a second. So now let me, let me put a question to you. And this is the situation with these bikes. If, they, if the police stop them and the paperwork is not correct, they are illegally obtained, do you stand by your position? They're legally obtained, then they I guess they could be impounded or whatever. They have to be legal. But right, the way, but, but I, they're I, not I, legal. I but, but wait, Frank, we, we have to have one set of facts here. They're not legal. Many of the, uh, 
I, I would say in nine out of 10 cases, these bikes on the street are not legal and it's not legal to drive on a sidewalk. And so, so you took it from them. It's like, no, you don't take away people's property. Well, you, hey, Frank, you, I respect you, but you and I disagree on this one. I say bravo to the police department for destroying these illegally uh, obtained dirt bikes and ATVs. You and I just disagree on this one, Frank. Uh, the city should take them all and destroy them all. And the next step, the next step in this process, in memory of this basketball player in Harlem, should be to lock up these gangbangers and let them sit in Rikers for a little while. Now, I know the far left will scream bloody murder, but let them sit there for a little while and get their priorities together and bring back the street crimes unit. My prediction, you are going to hear a lot of people start to call for the return, and I'm talking about people of color, of the street crimes unit, because the street crimes unit is desperately needed in the city of New York. Henry in Manhattan. Good morning, Henry. What's on your mind? Hi, good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Yeah, I guess it is morning. Uh, You know, I, I just heard you uh, uh, say something that was uh, uh, that that uh, questioned uh, uh, former President Trump's uh, uh, dealing with uh, some of the witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet, before your your program begins, there's a testimonial by President Trump. Yes. That says your your work is of the highest uh, caliber. And, yes. And you should be national. Yes. Well, let me ask you, if you have uh, uh, a criticism of this uh, uh, former public official, do you still want to use his testimonials? So, so, Henry, let me make sure I got this right. So the former president of the United States... You're telling me that if I disagree with him one time that I can't use a testimonial in which he delivered from the heart about my career? First of all, he's not the only public official to uh, have nice things to say. But I I really I don't understand your point, Henry, because, uh, you know, any public official, you're not going to agree with them all the time. So I, I'm really not understanding what you're what you're saying as it relates to January 6th. I'm going to let you finish in just one second. January 6th, what I have consistently said is that President Trump, based on what I have seen in terms of his remarks from the stage, did not do anything illegal, criminally illegal from the stage. Would I would I have preferred for him to deliver that speech? No. But so because because I'm calling out the former president for the way the lives of these election workers in Georgia were upended, that means that I shouldn't use him in a promo? Is, is that what you're telling me, Henry? Well, what, what I am saying in that uh, January 6th speech that he gave, I thought there were really two speeches. One was, uh, I mean, there were two uh, uh, focuses one was to egg on the the people in the audience to uh, go down to the Capitol building and take action or whatever, and the other was to cover himself uh, in saying, "Hey, uh, I think you should uh, uh, be peaceful and go home." So I think when you say something and then in the next breath you say something to cover yourself. Uh, from it being uh, uh, essentially used against you, you're giving two speeches, and maybe that's worthy of Shakespeare. Okay, so I, so bottom line, Henry, it sounds like you're not a Trump fan. The bottom line, let's let because I have a lot of calls and I can't go on on and on about this. Bottom line is that you're not a Trump fan. Is that fair to say? Yes, that's fair to say. Okay, that's what I thought. Thank you very much for the uh, telephone call. Uh, Henry, let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Good morning, Phil. You're on Talk Radio hey. 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. Hi. Listen, Good morning. Uh, it's, okay. 
this thing with dirt bikes, and you've got in the, here in the Bronx every blessed sidewalk Absolutely. on any major Absolutely. any major drag. I, I've been hit twice by bicycles and, and almost hit once by a dirt bike, and they actually hit their horn to get you out of the way on the sidewalk. It, it, it's too much. And also, you've got these gang types, these kids. I don't care what color they are. You've got groups of these kids. They're all they're all hanging around in front of in front of stores and stuff. They're like they're like very intimidating looks they give people. I don't know why. I got cursed out. You know I why? Don't know why. You, you know why they give intimidating looks? Because they feel you know exactly why. Because they know they have the power, and we don't. That's why. And the point is, do they have it at the point of a gun? And I think that the stop and frisk must must be implemented. Absolutely. Because, look, Absolutely. Look. Look, you've got too many people walking around. There, there, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of illegal guns on the East Coast, and I guarantee you they get a top price here in New York. But my, my point is, my point is, not only should they do the stop and frisk, but they should raise the penalty for possession, illegal possession of a handgun, especially when involved in a crime. You put people away for five, ten years, they're going to start thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for the uh, call, Phil. What comes to mind is when Ed Koch was mayor. And if memory serves correct, uh, back then, uh, you know, if you were even caught with a weapon, it, it was a mandatory jail sentence. Now, as we all know, the entire system is a complete joke, a complete joke. Let's go to Gracie in Rockland County. Good morning, Gracie. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, good morning. I'm going to start out with I'm right of center. I'm for Trump all the way. So this is what I want to say. Number one, I'd like to know. It was very sad that woman was questioned. But I'd like to know who were the people that were intimidating her. It all depends which side uh, is getting intimidated? Uh, on, so what I mean by that is, is uh, what's his name? Our, our esteemed senator, uh, New York Senator Chucky, and uh, he's telling the, uh, the his followers to go uh, storm the houses. Of course, he didn't use the word storm. Go to the houses mm-hmm. of uh, all right. It's a two tier system here. Who gets it prosecuted and and uh, whipped down and who doesn't? And I still want to know my original question: Who the woman was? Who the people were that intimidated this poll worker? Okay, well, Gracie, based on the testimony of the two women from just a few hours ago, it was uh, supporters that they feel that President Trump set the climate, and that supporters. Everyday supporters of the president uh, intimidated them on social media and the supermarkets showed up to their homes claiming that they're that they're going to make a citizen's uh, arrest. And so I I really feel, uh, again, that on this one area and this one area, uh, a few hours ago, the the testimony, Gracie, I found it to be compelling because these are everyday workers. So, Gracie, let, let, me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question before I toss to a commercial here. So let's say you are an election worker. And let's say, um, let's say Obama or Clinton or Carter, right, one of those presidents, for argument's sake, shouted out uh, what they felt were corrupt of uh, uh, election workers, and as a result, you were not able to answer your phone because of threats. Uh, you you felt that you couldn't go to the supermarket. That wouldn't be a comfortable feeling, correct? Obviously, but what I want to say is, how do these people that shouted out things know who who these women were? If I was a poll worker. Nobody knows. I'm just my friends know I'm po- I'm a poll worker. See, I think this is all trumped up, and I don't believe trumped up, and I don't believe a word of it. All right, okay. I don't believe a word of it. Okay, I have to have proof, uh, and uh, everything is supposition. Okay, 
so two degrees of separation, uh, Trump is is um, it's a problem. Everything he does is a problem. No, 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 Gracie, Gracie. Not not everything he does is a problem. Not everything he does is a problem. Believe me, for the stock market, I I greatly wish that Trump was still in office and not Biden. I got gas tonight. Or yeah, the, tonight, Gracie, it was seventy nine dollars, and I don't even have a a big vehicle. So Trump does not do everything wrong. And let me be clear, he may be returning to the White House. To folks that don't like it too bad, uh, he resonates. Thank you for the call, Gracie, with the American people. Dominic Carter, and and certainly look look at the options of what Americans have right now. Trump or Biden, who in their right mind is going to select the latter of what I just said? Trump or Biden? Based on based on our pocketbooks, based on our checking accounts, certainly based on our 401ks, certainly based on the price of food, certainly based on the price of gas, and certainly based on crime and supporting our police officers instead of wink, wink, nod, nod with the criminal element. So. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, more of your telephone calls, and uh, I will uh, uh, let you hear what the official in Texas had to say. The police commander there, who is now a city councilman, it, 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 he, he, if he had any decency, he would resign and just go away. It is absolutely horrible. You, you see the videos now, the pictures, the police with shields, Rifles were standing by out near in the corridor, ready to go, but he would not give the command to go in. I'll be right back. WABC. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. I'm looking at an email from a friend of the program, Sal, and he says, if the NYPD has officially blamed gang violence for the murder of Darius Lee, that's the Harlem basketball player, uh, then when can we expect the NYPD to begin rounding up gangbangers for questioning? Mayor Adams and Commissioner Sewell always announce how many guns they take off the streets, but they never seem to mention how many gangbangers they take off the streets. Why not? Good point. Good point. I say round them up and take them all off the street. Deal with the civil civil liberties later. Round them up. You know who the gangbangers are. Take them off the street. Yeah, your civil rights, we'll deal with that later. But right now, you're getting off the street. And we're reinstituting stop, question, and frisk. I see your calls, but I want you to listen. This is about a minute. This is uh, Steve McGraw, who is the head of the Department of Public Safety in Texas, discussing the shooting in Uvalde. And... Effective this program, I am no longer on the fence. Uh, Mr. Uh, The the police commissioner uh, there uh, um, at the school, Pete Arredondo, this man, as far as I'm concerned, um, should be fired immediately and perhaps arrested for his handling of this shooting. Please listen carefully to this statement. However, we do know this. There's compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary was an abject failure and antithetical to everything we've learned over the last two decades since the Columbine massacre. Three minutes after the subject entered the West Building, there was sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor to isolate, distract, and neutralize the subject. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander, 
who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. The officers had weapons, the children had none. The officers had body armor, the children had none. The officers had training, the subject had none. One hour, 14 minutes and eight seconds. That's how long the children waited and the teachers waited in rooms 111 to be rescued. And while they waited, the on-seat commander waited for a radio and rifles. Then he waited for shields. Then he waited for SWAT. Lastly, he waited for a key that was never needed. The post-Columbine doctrine is clear and compelling and unambiguous. Stop the killing, stop the dying. You can't do the former unless you do, you can't do the latter unless you do the former. So I am no longer on the fence. I, I didn't want to fully comment uh, because I wanted to know the facts. And to those of you that, that have said, oh, those officers were cowards, uh, some, some of them should have gone in, ultimately one officer did go in. But one of the other stories that's coming out now is that one of the two teachers that was killed, she called her husband, a police officer, for help. And he tried to go in, Ruben Ruiz, Ruiz to uh, determine to save his wife, but he was stopped by other officers, detained, and had his gun taken away. And so I say that because of the point that I have made. This is not Hollywood. It's not Rambo. You don't say, I'm going to save the world. The police move on command. Now, active shooter, they are supposed to take aggressive action, and that's why uh, this uh, chief, Pete Arredondo has to go. He's now a city council member. If he had any decency about himself, he would resign. Let's go to Maria in Brooklyn. Good morning, Maria. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, I called you last week. Did I not tell you things are going to start coming out about Uvalde? It's sickening. It's heart, heart-wrenching. Um to, to know that these children's lives depended and these guys were there and that there was nothing being done. I heard the FBI. I heard some news report that the FBI was also there. It's, it seems like, like it's a big nightmare. And I'm, 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 I hate to say this, but I'm almost starting to believe that there is a conspiracy aspect to this tragedy. And it all has to come down to never let a tragedy go to waste. Because of the Second Amendment, they want to abolish the Second Amendment. I hate to say it, but I'm beginning to look at it in that way. Also, the January 6th farce that is going on, led by eight Democrats, loony lefty Democrats and two Trump-hating Republicans. Really, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing there that, they, that I have seen that they have validity. Led by Adam Schiff the number one liar who told us he had proof about Trump and a Russia collusion. Maria, really? Maria, if, if you were one of those election workers, how would that was intimidated, life threatened, uh, not able to go to the supermarket. How would you feel? Maria, if I knew, if I knew that this is someone that is telling me the truth, I would feel terrible, but I don't know. That's what's happening. You don't think these people were actually chosen just to say what they want to be told on TV? No, I don't. Uh, No, I don't. I do. I do. Okay. Well, you know, hey, Maria, I appreciate your call, and you have a beautiful morning. Folks, you know, at a certain point, (laughs) we have to deal with reality at a certain point. And so we can confirm that these two women were election workers in Georgia. We can confirm that they did the election. We can confirm that there were numerous threats against their life. So what is there not to believe? I mean, I I just think it's horrible. And uh, I I, I believe uh, that President Trump can win the upcoming election should he run. I think he was running uh, from, from, uh, from months and months ago. 
But in, in this one instance, it was wrong. It was wrong because these election workers, their lives uh, were changed or were, were actually changed. Let's go to Joseph in Parkchester. Good morning, Joseph. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Joseph, are you with me? Okay, Joseph, we'll talk to you another night. Let's go to Dave in Comac. Good morning, Dave. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Those, uh, those, those uh, I guess I call them RVs or ATVs. Is that what they call them? Right, uh, dirt bikes, ATVs. And I have uh, firsthand uh, experience with these idiots. I was on Queens Boulevard a couple months ago. And uh, as you know, with all these stupid bike lanes and you can't, you can't cross any of the dividers. And uh, to the left of me, uh, and I'm stuck in my lane, right next to me is these idiots popping wheelies, gunning the, uh, the handlebars of, the, uh, of these uh, three-wheelers, uh, polluting the air. I had my windows open. I don't even think that if I closed my windows that, I'd still not, that I would still be smelling the fumes inside my car from the gasoline. You're stuck there like I was having to put up with the noise and the air pollution. And when I called the cops afterwards, they, 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 they really uh, were like, oh, you, are you planning to stay there and wait for the cops? Did you get a plate? Where were they heading? They, they really didn't care, the co- 911 operator. They're not, in spite of the fact that they say they're doing stuff about it, they're going to crunch up these vehicles and pound them, et cetera, et cetera. They're not doing anything about it. Uh, the other thing is, yesterday on the news I heard about uh, – this thing about this taxi driver that actually hit accidentally yes. hit the gas instead of the brake. Yes. And uh, the, and guess what? And he, in order to avoid a bicyclist in the bike lane, that this is a prime example why these bike lanes got to go. And I, Mayor I, Adams got to go. I, I I agree with you on the bike lanes. Um, I, for the life of me, for the life of me, I cannot understand why officials have carved up New York City, where on most, I'm talking about Manhattan now, on most busy streets there, for example, on 34th Street, there is one lane, a bus lane, and I believe a bike lane. I, you know, I haven't haven't been on a bike in years, but I, I don't understand why we would destroy transportation in our city. For bicycles. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. Thank you for the call, Dave. Let's go to Douglas in Brooklyn. Good morning, Douglas. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hello, Dominic. How are you tonight? Good. Go right ahead, please. Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, if Mr. Trump, you know, I respect the guy, but if he continues his march towards the White House, we might be coming towards another 10, 20 rounds of rioting. And I hate to see that happen again. It would be miserable. So, uh, wait, wait. You you said that should Trump uh, run, there will be more riots? Like there was last time. Right. Well, I I mean, when when you when you look at this on balance, Trump was good for the country. I I have no problem saying that. Now critics will say, oh, oh, Dominic, look at what he said. Look at what he tweeted. Okay, is is he the most uh, sensitive type of guy? Absolutely not. But and thank you for the call, Douglas. But look look at what the country has right now, and how are we going to survive out of the mess that we are involved with now? The country. How is this all going to be cleaned up? Let's go to Chris in Palm Beach, Florida. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. That's me. It's Hunter. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Please go right ahead. Good. I'm just curious about what do you think about the matchup between Ron and Don, DeSantis against Trump? Do you think it's going to go in the primary? Do you think it's going to be those two guys? What do you think? I, I see DeSantis as a... Trump wannabe, for lack of a better term, and sure. and I I don't I don't see him defeating Donald Trump. 
In other words, thank you I for agree. the call, Chris. Thank you for the call. In other words, if Trump wants the nomination, he may have to fight for it over DeSantis. But remember, Trump emerged one out of 19 in the Republican primary. Now, does he have baggage this time around? Should he run? Absolutely. But my contention, my professional opinion as a political reporter is that Trump will not only win the nomination, but he is headed for the presidency again, should he decide uh, to to run. Let's go to Jeff in Jersey City, New Jersey. Good morning, Jeff. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic. Uh, you're a champ on the way you take phone calls. Well, thank you. you. Thank you. Even skeptics like me. Yeah, for the most part, you know, you're, you're on target. But I have some issues. We all do. We can never agree on everything. And I wanted to remind you of one thing, uh, Dominic, similar thing I said to you. Brandon Hendricks was in the Bronx uh, two years ago, June 28th, and 18-year-old just graduated uh, high, uh, James Monroe High School in the Bronx and on his way to St. John's on basketball, uh, you know, going to play basketball there, shot dead uh, uh, on the street after he gra- graduated uh high school on his way to St. John's. Uh, so the same thing happened, uh, what, a couple of days ago? And you know what? It just, like I said, it just seems like it's never going to end. But uh, one other thing I want to ask you about, uh, the, the cops in, in Texas, and um, I really tuned that out because I think it's a big um, gun control issue, and the media is going to play it up and, and take it over the top. You won't do that. You'll take it step by step and examine the issues. But I just can't get involved in that issue. And um, so I tend to, you know, and the thing with the, the pilot on with Trump and he committed the, um, the the January 6th earlier, Dominic, and you can't listen to everything, but the two greatest constitutional minds, geniuses in our country, Mark Levin, would you agree? Alan Dershowitz, would you agree? Mm. He had a discussion. Mm. You, no, you, you think there's somebody better? I need, I, first of all, Jeff, it's hard to hear you because your call, I thank you for the call. And so please give us a call back maybe tomorrow, Jeff, because your line is going in and out, uh, the cell phone. And, um, you know, I sometimes I like to think before I respond and not just give a knee jerk reaction. And so I've got to take a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter coming up at 1 a.m. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. And we're going to talk to Jennifer up in Boston. We're going to talk to Stan in Forest Hills. And we will have many more of your telephone calls. Talk Radio 77. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. If you live in an apartment in New York City, your rent may be going up even further. Rent hikes up to 5% in stabilized apartments. The powerful panel that sets housing costs in about 1 million, 1 million rent-regulated apartments in New York City. The Rent Guidelines Board voted Tuesday to approve the largest increases in almost a decade, 5% for two-year leases and 3.3% for single-year leases. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Stan in Forest Hills. Good morning, my friend. What's on your mind? How are you? It's raining out, just to let you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, I watched the committee hearings today. I thought the gentleman who opened it, the uh, Speaker of the House of Texas, was unbelievably compassionate, unbelievably 
tragic, unbelievably patriotic. I thought he was probably the best example of what this country is all about. And he is a Republican. I probably don't agree on 90 percent of his political thinking, but he basically uh, told the story of his conversation with Donald Trump. And it was somewhat compelling, uh, as well as the other gentleman who spoke from Georgia in his conversation with Mr. Trump. And you actually heard what Mr. Trump was saying. Uh, to the gentleman in Georgia, basically was telling them, I need you to change the votes. I need you to do this. We got to do it. You know, it'll look good. Everything, you know. Okay, well, wait, 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 Stan, Stan, The part that I heard of the clip from Trump, I never heard him say change the votes in Georgia. I heard him say, and it's a big difference, the words that are used. I heard him say, I need to find another, I think, 11,500 votes. Now, you're telling me he said the word change because I don't recall that. Find votes. Find me 11,000 right, right. votes. Right, He never said the word change. Well, what, what, the implication what, is there, what, my friend. Right, it doesn't but, say but, brain science. Okay, but, but Stan, in a court of law, I, you can't go by implication. That's true. But the, I, think, I think the committee is gathering enough evidence to show i mean these these people especially those two women and i think it basically makes rudy giuliani look like the fool that he is and uh absolutely i mean no no he is a fool stand he is a fool i'm not you you can you can kiss up to him i stand 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 ask mayor giuliani if dominic carter kisses up to him and well, and, I, and see, know, uh, Stan, and wait, 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 Stan, 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 you know I love you, but there have been books written uh, where it's mentioned, of, and I can think of at least three of my coverage of me and Mayor Giuliani when he was the mayor of New York City and us going after each other. Stan, again, I was the lead reporter at City Hall for New York One, and I thank you for the call because I have a bunch of other calls. Thank you, Stan. I was the lead reporter at New York One, and oftentimes uh, the mayor and I did not see eye to eye. I do not kiss up to Mr. Giuliani. The fact of the matter is he was the best mayor, certainly one of the best mayors for the city of New York, and I know him quite well. And I know Rudy Giuliani to be an honorable man. I can't say that about most people privately that I know in politics. But I can say it about Giuliani. So trust me, Stan, I'm not kissing up to uh, Mayor Giuliani. And if you ask him on his show about me and his relationship, we got along privately, but professionally we locked horns. But now with experience, I can appreciate the job that he did and to keep it real for the black community keeping African-Americans alive. And so please don't tell me I'm, I'm kissing up to Mayor Giuliani or, you know, I, and, and as far as other people on the station, I don't know what they say. And frankly, I don't care. But I call it the way I see it, and I'm not kissing up to anybody. Let's go to Dave in Media, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Dave. What's on your mind? Good morning, Don. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I, I just want to make a comment about the, I mean, which I think an, an, most objective people would say is a, a kangaroo commission, uh, this 9-11, uh, sorry, uh, uh, January, January 6th. 6th. You know, and with regards to those, you know, my understanding of those witnesses are, that were poll workers that were being intimidated, I mean, it sounds like that's a, that these things are against the law. They should be, there should be a criminal investigation. But then again, a fair hearing requires a cross-examination. There's no cross-examination uh, of witnesses and, and testimony. And, and in a way, it's a, it just seems like such a sham. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, not, it's, not due, it's not due process. It's something that's, I, I think we can't endorse or even – I mean, even if no matter how compelling their testimony is, it should be – there should be – you know, when you say that the appropriate hearing is a cross-examination of, of the facts so – Dave, that, you, you, you are, okay. Dave, you are correct as it relates to a cross-examination. Uh, if we're going to hear uh, a testimony from someone, uh, we should also hear what 
a prosecutor or at least someone on the other side what they have to say in terms of a uh, cross-examination. I still feel, Dave, and I thank you for the call, that these women were treated horribly, regular citizens trying to do the right thing. Um, but Dave is correct. Uh, they, they, there should be a cross-examination of everyone. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Good morning, Steve. What's on your mind? Good morning, good morning, good morning, Dominic. <laughs> I like that, Steve. I like that. You got it. Listen, Dom, I've got a, a suggestion. Please listen to me carefully. Okay. I would discipline Mr. Casamitidis, uh, yourself, and anyone else on ABC. I believe Stanley or anyone else has a right to call, and you certainly invite them all. But they should be limited to one call per night. That's it. They can't go into every single commentator, every single every single show, and give the same nonsense, the same talk over and over again. As a matter of fact, when he gets on, I turn it off for about three or four minutes. I I can't stand him. He's so gallant. He's so he's got an attitude. I mean, enough is enough. Once a day or once a week, even you can call. Not every single program on ABC. Mm-hmm. Well, I I I um I I hear you, Steve. Um, as it relates to Stan, the reason why I enjoy taking this call, I I hear you about repetition. I I hear you, and we've got to come up with a system to deal with that. That's a that's a fair criticism. But the reason why I take his call is I greatly. respect a diversity of opinion. And I think it's boring radio if everybody just agrees with what everyone else has to say. And I know when I take Stan's call that uh, at least 90% of you are going to uh, disagree with what he has to say. But I, but I hear you. I I hear you on the, uh, on, on the point Let's see here. Let's go to Marianne in Queens. Good morning, Marianne. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Uh, glad to hear you again. I always uh, hear your program. It's so great. Well, thank now, you. Now, stand, stand is a jerk. From my <laughs> point of view, he's so boring. Always saying the same thing. Oh, boy. He's anti everybody. Why does he go after Mr. Casimatiri? Mr. Casimatiri doesn't bother or do anything to him, but every single night he insults the guy. We admire and love Mr. Casimatiri. Please stand, leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Well, now, well, hey, to... hey, hey, Marianne, let me let me just say this, and then I'll listen to your point, and then Frank Morano is going to join me. As far as the Casimatidis, um, and and I've said this, and and let me be clear, let me be very clear, and I want you folks to hear me. They are, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I'm not saying this to kiss up to anybody. They are the real deal, and they are very good New Yorkers. They care tremendously about this city and country. As a matter of fact, I have never, I am telling you something private now, I have never heard Mr. Casamitidis raise his voice, not one time. And his wife, Margot Casamitidis, is absolutely wonderful. She goes over and above uh, with her employees and certainly with me doing things that she doesn't have to do in a million years, but, but she does them and she does them uh, to connect with you and to let you know that you're valued. And let me just say this, Marianne, the Casamitidis uh, and my dealing with them, they have kept their word on every single thing that they mentioned to me. They are honorable New Yorkers and American citizens. Please, Marianne, but you got to be quick because I got to get to Frank Moran. Yes, no, uh, I believe that he has done a lot for the real media. This yes. is why I keep listening to you guys because this is the only program that I see that is telling the truth to people. And for us, that counts a lot. And that, uh, according with what we hear about those meetings, uh, like Maria said, this is a kangaroo court. There's no cross-examination at all. We just right. hear one side of the story. Right. Let me tell you one thing. Just quickly, Marianne, please. to vote for Donald Trump. Right. He's well, I, be the next president. I, I, I hear you. I have to step in. 
And uh, the one point I've heard consistently here, Frank Morano from folks, is that they have said it would be a lot more respectable. I think it's horrible the way these two women uh, election workers in Georgia uh, were apparently treated. Absolutely. Um, But the callers are saying that they would have a lot more respect for the process and the system if there was some type of cross-examination. I don't see anything wrong with that. It's a valid point. Well, I mean, that's what happens with these partisan hearings. I mean, there's no pretense of uh, of fair play. I mean, it's just I mean, it's very clear that they have an outcome, which is to portray Donald Trump and those around him as poorly as possible. And uh, then they're going to do whatever it takes to get to that outcome. Now, I will say a lot of the evidence does not make Donald Trump look good. uh, But, uh, well, you know, it's it's not at all an independent hearing. It's a total partisan affair here. It's a prosecution, essentially. Fair enough. Your show has been on fire. I oh, listen boy. I listen every night. What do you have coming up in about three minutes? <clears throat> We're going to cover a great deal today. We're going to talk about the uh, Bill Cosby, essentially, sexual assault verdict in which a jury has ruled that he has to pay half a million dollars to someone that he may have sexual, sexually assaulted back in 1975 and uh, because, you know, yesterday was the was the day that we're observing Juneteenth, there's one city in this country that is moving towards reparations. And now a lot of other cities are talking about doing that same thing. So we're going to have a discussion about whether or not if reparations appears dead on a federal level, if more and more cities are going to be doing this. And more and more people are talking about virtual reality, augmented reality, and the metaverse going to be joined by an expert on this, an inventor, a technologist by the name of Lewis Rosenberg, who is the go-to expert on all this stuff for the last 30 years. He's going to tell us what your phone is going to look like five years from now, and it's going to be a lot different than what it looks like now. Really? Apparently. I hope I'm able to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Frank Morano, whose show is starting in three minutes. Let's go back to the phone calls. You select the next caller. All right. How about Kevin in Manhattan? All right, Kevin, you're talking to Frank and Dominic. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Frank. Uh, I'd like to say that the I believe the bike lanes are being put into the city only to increase traffic congestion. Hmm. Why would the city want, why would the city intentionally what, want to congestion increase pricing. congestion pricing? Mm. The, mm. the more traffic is backed up, the uh, the more they have to say, "Look, this is the problem." Mm. And one okay. other thing, as an example, just right. quickly, one quickly thing, on the other thing. Go ahead, yes, quickly. Uh, good intentions uh, uh, paved the road to hell. When the city put in handicapped ramps, it was a wonderful idea. But that's why you have all the bike people on the sidewalk. They don't want to jostle their jewels. Well, the the ramps for for the uh, physically challenged those, those are federal laws. I mean, it's it's mandatory that each city right, what are you state, supposed to do tell the handicapped right, I mean, good luck. You can't go right, on the sidewalk. I mean, I mean, enjoy enjoy in, your time anyway, in the street. Anyway, hey Jeff, Jeff in Suffolk County, real quick, Jeff, you got fifteen seconds. Go ahead, Jeff in Suffolk right, County. Listen. Okay, go, how you doing? Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Listen, I think personally, if Trump was smart, he would take DeSantis as his VP mm. and the two of them. Okay. And then, then Trump can All right. groom okay. him to be Jeff, the next president of the I, United I States. I got you, and I maybe it's not a bad idea. Maybe Frank Morano will continue it. He's coming up right now, the other side of midnight.